Welcome in. This is your host, Mark Cassio, and you are sitting courtside, where I share practical ideas, strategies, lessons, and experiences that I've learned as my time as a high school coach, college coach, and now as a consultant for coaches all over the world. My goal is to make this podcast impossible to listen to and not become a better coach, teacher, and leader. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like, subscribe, rate, and comment. Coach, welcome in. Glad you are here. You're sitting courtside and we're talking coaching staffs today. In particular, uh, how to choose your coaching staff and, and most importantly, how to maximize the coaching staff that you have because we can't always uh, have it the way we want. This is not Burger King. So sometimes we have to play with the hand that we are dealt. Uh, so, uh, First, who should you have on your staff? I always loved having a younger coach on staff that I could mentor. I felt like those are the coaches I really connected with, the ones that wanted to be a head coach. Uh, we were in pretty close proximity to LSU, and they had a basketball coaching course or class, and students in that class would reach out, and I was eager to add them to my staff. Uh, I felt like they were great gap fillers for us as they were learning on the job. So uh, one ran our competitive cauldron one year. Another was just a helping hand, another set of eyes in my group so they could listen to uh, the setups of the games and drills, hear the teaching points, and kind of learn uh, on the fly. And then as they got more comfortable, would shift them into um, a role where they were working directly with pr- players or running their own group. Uh, but I felt like those guys were the most eager, and um, I really uh, it was kind of natural for me to pour into them and develop them. Obviously, you want a coach on staff with some experience. Maybe they have a expertise in one area. They might be drawn to offense, defense, something like that. And we're going to get into job descriptions later. I have a great, um, a great way to to delegate those job uh, those roles. Uh, that you want to assign to your to your staff, uh, and I'll share that later. Um, someone to cover your blind spots. I had a coach on my staff for a while. He was an English teacher, so he would write all of my parent emails, the the Sunday emails. I would give just bullet points. I I, I kind of write in bullet points. I wish I was a better writer, uh, but I would say, look, I want to cover X, Y, Z. He would write it. I would ask him to make a couple edits or I just make the edits myself and then we'd send it from my email address. Um, I think it's awesome to have a culture guy, a glue guy, uh, the relationship builder, the, the guys, maybe this is a younger guy too. Maybe this is the young guy on your staff. Although if they're too young and in that friend role, that's where it gets a little dicey. But have somebody that just the guys go to or the girls go to when things get tough. Uh, one, for support of your players. Because as a head coach, sometimes they don't want to come to you. Let's just be honest. Uh, you are going to be bad cops sometimes or most of the time. And then those players, not only are they there to serve the players and connect with them, but they also have a great pulse of your team. Uh, and then I think a mentor coach, uh, older coach, has kind of been through it on the back half of their career because 
if you were going to get fired from your job today or you were going to leave the profession today, what are those things that you say, man, if I could go back, I would do this. I think it's really valuable to have somebody on the staff that has that perspective. Uh, and then just some some basic uh, or some just general ideas about uh, types of coaches here. And I'm not talking offense, defensive type. I'm talking about maybe your task masters. masters. Those are the lowest level employees or, or guys on the staff that you can just say, hey, go do this, go do that, and they can get the job done. Those are kind of like your players that do everything you ask them to do, but nothing more. Uh, they probably can't take on any more than that. Your next level is going to be they can go do the stuff, and they can also solve some problems in the meantime. Your next level assistant would be the ones that can anticipate those problems before they happen. And then your highest level, uh, which I think the great head coaches have, would be can anticipate problems and solve them before they start. Uh, that is where, honestly, uh, my value as a consultant uh, probably is one of my best attributes because I've kind of been there, done that. I've experimented with a lot of things. Um, we were always refining. So I just, I feel like I have, you know, I've been in coaching for 19 years. I feel like I'm, I'm wiser beyond my years just because I've been willing to, to take some chances, experiment, and I was always looking to do things better. But that's what you want to get to either yourself or your staff where you have someone that can anticipate the problems and solve them before they happen. Um, some general ideas. I think it's great to uh, a good idea, a great idea to give them a personality test, just so you get an idea of background on them and who might vibe well together. You, it's good to have a diverse set of personalities there, so you're kind of you're a well-rounded staff, and you're kind of hitting from from all angles. They say opposite attracts. I think that there's a lot of truth to that. I think like personalities uh, have difficult times sometimes. Uh, um, you know, relating or, or communicating together or just building a relationship. Um, speaking of relationships, time spent with your staff, I would, I would invest time in them, do some stuff away from basketball, off the court, uh, go to dinner, have them over to your house, them and their spouse. Uh, that is the number one way to build relationships. And oftentimes, uh, it's hard to do that just in the work environment. Um, some ideas on on just your staff in general, uh, mutual expectations. So maybe you're having your first meetings with your coaching staffs now. I always like to establish mutual expectations instead of just being in the room and saying, I expect y'all to be on time and I expect you to watch this amount of film and to do this with our players. Ask them what they expect of you. I think that'll give you really good perspective and, and it's a two-way street. You can make sure that you're serving them and doing just as much for them as they will do for your program. Um, in our staff meetings, one thing I had to learn is not to poison the room. Sometimes I felt like I would poison the room, meaning if I gave my opinion first, no one wanted to disagree with that. And maybe that was a flaw of mine. Maybe I didn't open up the, the floor enough. Uh, so I started to go last. I started to just throw out, uh, what do y'all think about this? Or have we, you know, uh, have we considered doing this? Or what would be the trade-offs if we did this? Uh, also I would say I started to give, I read, I started this after Annie Dukes, I read Annie Dukes book, uh, thinking in bets. I started saying, look, I'm only 60% here on this idea. Like maybe we should put in a one, two, two press. 
I'm throwing this out there because I'm like 50-50 maybe. And maybe the room can sway you to uh, 30%. Like, uh, let's not do it. Or, and I'm really feeling this. Y'all got me to like 70, 75%. Y'all had a lot of great ideas. Let's do it. Um, another thing with meetings, especially early, what does success look like in your program? What is the philosophy of the program? What are we playing for? What's the mission of the program or the vision for the program? And then what systems do we have in place or what systems are we going to establish and what that looks like, why we're creating those systems and how they can support and help enforce those systems. Uh, and then laying out all the responsibilities. Okay. And this is where I think uh, the job description and, and the roles and the tasks that you do, it got some good ideas here. So lay out all the responsibilities that have to be taken care of. We have to scout. We got to plan practice. We got to run practice. We have to make sure the locker room is clean. We got to do laundry. Uh, we got to make sure the bus, you know, is ready to go, or we got to have a bus driver. We got to have the book taken care of. You've been in the business. There's a million things that you have to do. Let's lay all those things out. And instead of saying, coach A, you're in charge of this. Coach B, you're in charge of this. Let's allow them to be the best versions of themselves and let them put their puzzle piece in the puzzle. So what I mean by that is I had them write their own job descriptions. And it's an idea I got from J.P. Nurbin, who's a mentor of mine. Um, once he gave me this, we started adapt, uh, we adopted this, and it was great for our staff. So some feedback that I got from my staff, one assistant said, I don't feel comfortable scouting opponents. I don't really know what I'm looking at yet. I don't feel confident in that, but I, I definitely know what our team does and I can watch as much film as possible or as much film as you want me to of our team. And what he did is he started watching a lot of one-on-one -on -one film with our players. And I found that incredibly valuable. It took that off of my plate um, and it was something that he was really passionate about. So he was constantly having his iPad uh, and watching uh, film with players. In fact, he, he he watched more film than all of us. I think he would fall asleep watching film and just let that thing roll. Um, maybe somebody's a defensive guy. Some coaches I consult with, they somebody reached out and said, look, I just hired a new coach. I want him to run the defense. And immediately I'm thinking, does he want to run the defense? Because it's, it's going to be very difficult for you uh, to have him run the defense if that's not something that he wants. I wouldn't go square peg, round hole. Let him choose what he wants to do. Maybe this guy is better suited for special situations. You know, we have those nerds on staff or, the, you know, those, like more analytical guys or just the rule junkies that know every single rule. Um, or maybe they are the guy on staff that loves set plays, but you run a conceptual offense where it's like, okay, well, you're in charge of our – under out of bounds, sideline out of bounds, our special situation, our full court stuff, uh, our late clock stuff. Uh, come up with the best ideas that you have, present them to me, and then you can install them. You're the guy where, um, you know, timeout, six seconds left, we're inbounding from the side. It is, coach, what do we have? Short clock from the side. You know, we need a two or a three here. He's got the play already drawn up. Uh, it's printed off a of fast draw or whatever you use, and, and he's in charge of that. You could have uh, maybe a coach that is an advanced scout where they're going to get a peek at the next three or four opponents and just 
Maybe they're not good at the details, but they can say, all right, this team is playing a 2-3. This team's playing a 1-2-2. This team mixes it up, man, zone. So our next three opponents, the common denominator is zone. So, Coach, let's let's do a lot of zone over the next couple of weeks. Great. That's, that's a great help, and we didn't need, you know, what are their defensive slides? Um, are they cutting the floor with their zone? Do, do they bump well? You don't need all the details. Just give me the macro. Give me the broad strokes. Um, those are some ideas. I also had one assistant that was an off-campus coach. He would get to practice late a lot of times, but he said, look, I'm a night owl. So after practice, if you need me to watch film, just let me know. So what I had him do is he would go cut all of our five-on-five segments from practice and make a playlist. So it'd be practice 10 five-on-five segments where I didn't even have to go to the practice film. I could go straight to that playlist and just watch all of our five-on-five and get what I wanted. Or I would write down on the practice plan, let's say we had a really good play or a really good teaching point, but I didn't want to stop practice for it. I'd look at the scoreboard, I'd get the time on the scoreboard and um, and then you know give that to him and say, hey, can you cut that possession for me? We want to show it before practice. Saved me a ton of time, um, was a gap filler in that way because sometimes uh, you know, just you get home late, you're hungry, you're ready for a shower, you're, you want to play with your kids, spend time with the family. Uh, sometimes just the thought of opening your computer at night is, is exhausting. So that was a big help. Um, other suggestions with your coaching staff is uh, don't be afraid to give them constant reminders. So first time before we do anything, especially with new members on your coaching staff or if you're changing some systems within your program, the first time before you do anything, like let's say our first road trip, just, hey, coaches, this is where I want you sitting on the bus. When we get to the gym, if, uh, coach, you could go find the locker room or say who wants to be in charge of finding our locker room and make sure it's set up for us, who wants to be in charge that everything's off the bus, who wants to be in charge of making sure the bench is set up, Who wants to be in charge of finding their bookkeeper and making sure we have their names and numbers in our book? Just give them those reminders of the, especially before the first time. And I think travel, uh, you know, first road game is a great one. We always tried to do a road scrimmage or jamboree just to to shake that rust out uh, preseason. So establish those roles or standards before you do anything. And then don't be afraid to quickly huddle and remind them things. Um, last thing, I love talking practice, so I can't I can't leave here and not talk about uh, an idea for practice. In our best years, we would have a before action review, uh, just talking about what success looks like and what are some things. It's like a pre mortem. What are some things that could cause practice to go awry, and how are we going to handle that? Uh, and then an after action review. What just happened? Okay, good practice. Well, why was it a good practice? What can we bottle up and take to the next one? If we could do practice again, what would we do differently? Uh, and then another thing pre-practice is we would set goals for ourselves, maybe make an eye contact with X amount of players, physically touching every player, um, leading with questions, uh, and, you know, having some, some uh, humor involved in practice. So Everybody on the staff would have a goal, and then after we would just come, and it would be pass fail. Like I had, con- I had great eye contact with uh, twelve of our twenty-four players today. My goal was ten, so thumbs up, I pass, or 
I didn't have a one-on-one quick energetic conversation with everybody, so I fail, whatever it is. Um, little things like that. When we focused on those behaviors as coaches and not the X's and O's is when we were at our best. So hopefully you uh, you took something that you can uh, take to your program. If I can help in any way, please reach out. Thank you.